Satan is a liar from the beginning. He is the father of lies. The Lord Jesus said that there is no truth in him. He has a multitude of devices that he looses on God's people. He will say at one hour that it is too early to seek God's face. And then he will say at another hour that it is too late to seek the Lord. And among the most devastating of all of Satan's lies is that little sins do not matter. Many Christians are caught and their effectiveness is destroyed in the trap of little sins. Sin, basically, is not a deed that is done. Sin is rather a principle that is broken. And there are no little sins. The best of men have always been afraid of little sins. Daniel was faced with an edict of the king that anyone who worshipped any god other than the king would be thrown into a pit full of lions. And Daniel could have gone to his apartment, drawn the curtains, bolted the door, and prayed within his heart privately to his God. But Daniel was not willing to do so. Daniel rather opened the curtains that faced east toward the city of Jerusalem and there publicly and vocally proclaimed his praise to God, being willing rather to be thrown into a pit of lions than to deny God in even a small way. The three Hebrew children, the three young men, were asked simply to bow the knee to a Babylonian idol. It was a little matter. It was easily done. All they needed to do was stand in the courtyard of the palace and genuflect nicely, and it was all over with. But they were willing rather to burn for God than to turn on God. So it was in the New Testament with those who were willing rather than to cast any doubt on their allegiance to Christ, were re willing rather to face crucifixion at the hands of the Roman guards or to face the wild beasts in places like Rome and Ephesus where their bodies became playthings to be destroyed for the entertainment of Rome. The Word of God says that if we offend the law of God at any point, we are just as guilty as if we had offended the law at every point. And companion to the lie of Satan that some sins are little is the lie that when you are serving God, anything you have to do to accomplish your purpose is all right. Can you imagine the folly of believing that God can be served through lies? that God can be served through being ungodly, that God, through using dishonest methods, wants to accomplish a worthwhile and honest goal. It cannot be done. There are no little sins. I read in the Psalms yesterday, Stay thy hand from all wickedness, for I will not justify a wicked man. So what about little sins? What may we say about their destructive value? First of all, little things lead to greater things. 
One of the great preachers of the Christian era was a man named Charles H. Spurgeon who preached to thousands in London for some 40 years before his death. And Spurgeon, in talking about little sins, gave an illustration of how he had seen engineers in his day building a suspension bridge across a river. He said first they had an archer, and the archer had a string tied onto his arrow, and he shot the arrow across the river with the string. They then pulled the string across, and behind the string came a piece of twine. Behind the twine came a little thicker piece of twine. Behind it came a small rope. And they pulled larger and larger ropes across the river until finally they were able to pull the great cable that would hold the bridge up across the river. Little things lead to greater things. And so it is with Satan. He does not assail us head on. He comes first with a thought, a harmless thing, merely a thought, then a desire. The desire is followed by a look. The look is followed by a touch. The touch is followed by a deed and often a habit or something worse. And finally, from the little thought, a man is swamped and drowned in his sin. It's dry in the West. It's dry in England. And there across the water on that little island, multiplied thousands of acres have been burned up. They have started some of them with a spark from a passing automobile. They have started some of them with an unextinguished match or a cigarette. A little thing that could have been stomped out by the foot of a child. But see what great damage the little thing did because it went unchecked. We read in Joshua 7 about Achan. Satan always begins with us like he did with Achan. The first thing Achan did is he told us of his own sin was he said, I saw a goodly Babylonish garment and some silver and a wedge of gold. Oh look, is it not a harmless thing merely to look at that which is forbidden? You see, the camp was under a ban. They were to take nothing. They were to destroy everything that belonged to the enemy. But was not a look a harmless thing? Then Achan went on to say, I touched it. That's only a small sin to lay hands on the forbidden thing. I touched it. But then he said, I took it and hid it among my own things. And that which had begun only with a look brought death and judgment to this man and his family. A great city under siege may have only one traitor in the city. The traitor may be the weakest man in town. He may be a dwarf. But that dwarf can open the city gates and let in an army. Little things lead to greater things. Scripture says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Now I want you to think with me about who Achan was. Achan was one man in Joshua's army. I went through the Scriptures if 
Joshua and discovered that Joshua's army was 625,000 men. That's a lot of folks. 625,000 soldiers in the army. There were at least two and a half million people in Israel. And one man, one man out of two and a half million brought down the judgment of God on his people. And Israel fled before their enemies. One of us, any of us, with unconfessed and undealt with little sin can bring judgment on God's people. Little sins lead to greater sins. And then notice, secondly, little sins have a way of multiplying very fast. Have you ever seen a crop when a swarm of locusts has come through? Now, how do they do that? They're just little things about that big. How do they do it? They're just little things. And yet, see how great the destruction wrought by the little things. We cannot afford as Christians to leave little sins undealt with and unconfessed. And then notice thirdly, a little sin involves a great principle. There is great tension along the borders that our allies have with communist countries in many places around the world. If we were to send 12 soldiers across the demilitarized area in Berlin into the eastern side of the city, that would be enough to start a war. We've got two million troops. The enemy has more than that. But it doesn't take 100,000 soldiers to start a war. One or two will do nicely. See how great the consequences of little things. For a little sin involves a great principle. When the principle of obedience to God is broken, the results are always the same whether the sin is great or whether the sin is small. Consider Adam. Adam lived in the garden of God, in the garden that was prepared to meet all of his needs and all of his wants, where there was nothing that he lacked, where there was nothing that he could wish for that he did not have. And yet, in the midst of the garden of Eden, the garden of God, Adam sinned against God. If a friend were to betray you for many thousands of dollars, you could say, oh, he had a great temptation. But if you were betrayed for pennies, how much harder it is to understand. But you see, whether the motivation is great or small, whether the sin is great or small, a little sin involves a great principle. You and I have everything to lose and nothing to gain by little sins. And then notice, little sins disturb my fellowship with God. Sin cannot destroy me or you as Christians, but sin can annoy us. Sin cannot ruin your soul, 
but it can destroy and ruin your peace with God. Little sins, yes, but little sins can separate us from fellowship with God. Have you ever had a little pebble in your shoe? It affects your whole body. It affects everything about you. Have you ever had a little thorn or splinter under the flesh that you could not get out until it had festered and caused infection? Have you ever seen a little cloud hide the sun at noonday? Little sins annoy. Little sins break my fellowship with Christ. No matter how great the sin, it cannot destroy you. But little sin can make you miserable. Scriptures say, the Lord speaking through His prophet, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? That's talking about God and His people. And God will not walk with His people unless they confess and forsake all known sin. There is a question to be dealt with as we worship today. The question is this, what little sins separate you from fellowship with God Remember Achan? Any one of us can bring judgment on God, on God's people. Any one of us through little sin. His face may be hidden behind a wall of sin. And I would remind you that a great wall may be made of little pebbles as well as of great stones. I would remind you that the ocean is made of drops of water. They are little things, yet how devastating they are. When we ignore little sins, it is public testimony that we have no fellowship with God and that we do not care to have fellowship with Him. Unconfessed sin will break our fellowship with God. Unconfessed sin will demonstrate that we are not receiving from Him His purpose, His character, His life for the living of each day. For Jesus will not abide where there is sin. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do not accept Satan's lie that little sins do not matter. Do not accept his lie that any sin is little sin. Confess to him. Forsake the forbidden thing and come to fellowship with him. Is there a lack of peace in your life? You will find the cause nowhere but within your own self. Psalm 119, 165 says, Great peace have they who love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Great peace have they who love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Bill Gothard defines anger as someone finding a right that I have not yielded up to God. And when you belong to Jesus, you have no rights 
except the right to die and let Jesus live. And as has been well said, dead men have no feelings. So the very fact of being offended means not the presence of sin in somebody else's life, but in yours. Great peace have they who love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Do not accept Satan's lie that some sins are little. And the question today, what is it? What are the little sins that separate you from full fellowship with God? Join me in prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word. We don't always like it, Lord, but we don't have the authority to edit it. And if we did, it'd still be true. Father, you know that all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to follow his own way. But I'm so grateful that you have laid on him, on Jesus, the sin and iniquity of all of us. Father, may we respond to your Holy Spirit in repentance and confession. Would you this day bring from us a godly sorrow that leads to repentance? that our sins may be forgiven, that our fellowship may be full and complete. Father, open our eyes to show us that no sin is unimportant. Cleanse us. Restore us. Father, do what you please just now, and we will praise you for it. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.